Hello and welcome to today's podcast growth happy hour. If you guys are catching this on the recording, welcome to today's happy hour. I want to thank you for being on. My name is Hector Santi Esteban. I am a podcast marketer. And um, just as a quick announcement, we're going to be having some great people hop on. Uh, we should have, looks like Evo Terra just hopped on. We might have the wonderful opportunity of being blessed by Ariel Nissenblatt. Also, Jeremy Ryan Slate might be on the agenda. So um, stick around. We're going to give it a few minutes for people to hop in. I did want to, it looks like we have a, a few people here though. So Evo, welcome. And Tommy, welcome. <clears throat> I appreciate you, uh, you guys being here. We are going to talk today about what's working in podcast, uh, podcast land. We're going to talk about what's working for some of these hosts. And then I'd love for us to have an opportunity for people to ask questions or us to get some insight on what you guys need help with. So <clears throat> let me see if we can get some people in here as well. I'm going to invite, send a couple of requests out here. And like I said, there is going to be, we'll try and put any important ideas, any thoughts, anything that we feel is important up on the announcements here and um, so that we create some a little bit of resources. But um, the recording is on. Uh, so thanks for, for being here, Evo and Aria. Uh, I appreciate you guys taking some time on your Friday to, uh, to hop on and, and join us. Happy to be here, Hector. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, I, I just, while, while we're letting the, the room fill up, I'd love for you guys to just share. There's so many things that are happening in the podcast world in the podcast industry. And I've never been more excited about, I say that often, but I keep getting more and more excited. When we, when I had Evo on our, on my podcast uh, several months ago, I was very excited, but it seems like the industry is just, there's something new or something happening uh, every day. And so I'm just, it, it gets me excited up in the morning. And so I'd love to know um, Ariel or Evo, uh, what, uh, what are you guys thinking about? What's, what's working well for you? What, um, you know, what's been on your mind over this last little bit? Um, I'm glad it excites you. It, it exhausts me to be, to be really honest with you, um, because you're right. There's just, there's a lot of moving parts to this podcasting thing and it's becoming a many headed beast and that's cool. Um, but you know, also kind of exhausting if you're trying to trying to keep up with things. Uh, hey, one thing real quick. This is a happy hour, right? So, well, yes. I'm gonna open up. I was here. I was going so, the yeah. ASMR, the ASMR of the snaps just now. Very good, Eva. Well, I think I yeah, think it's important. I was gonna. Uh, it looks like we had James here. I think it's important to do a, a toast here for those of us. I don't have much left in my drink. Uh, just a little aloe water for me. But um, I wanna I want to raise a toast and I want to raise my glass to uh, all of you guys who are here now with us, especially the, the co-hosts who, and the moderators who have um, graced us with their time to, for, for even what you said that you've made it such a, a fun uh, industry to be a part of. There are, are so many industries that are backstabbing and um, uh, the opposite of the podcast, right? They're they're not looking to help. There, it's a dog eat dog. It's a zero sum kind of game, and I I feel the um, like there is the the opposite of that in the industry, and it's because of people like you, Evo and Ariel, um, James, um, and, and some of the people that are going to be hopping on because of that. So I want to raise the the first happy hour toast uh, to you guys. So I appreciate that. Cheers. Cheers. Evo, it is exhausting though. What are you, what are you referring to? I was listening to uh, Webster's podcast earlier today, and he, I, we've got like a, we've got a Voldemort of podcasting already. So it's just, it's funny what's happening. You can talk about it or not, or what, what's on your mind? What's been going on? Well, <clears throat> yeah, that's one way to call him, but but I'm not about to talk about the Voldemort of podcasting because that's Ariel's favorite thing in the whole wide world to talk about. So I'm going to give her uh, all of the opportunity <laughs> to go all Rogan fangirl. Um, so nice of you. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, yeah. So 
you know, I've been doing this for a long time and, you know, we see podcasting come in waves uh, of cycles of new innovation and various things. And it, it just kind of seems like it's always um, ever increasing. That's just, that's just part of the nature uh, of the podcasting beast. It was a nice, simple thing. And 17 years later, it's not a nice and simple thing. It's still a nice thing. I mean, let's, let's, let's be, let's be honest about that. Hector, and to what you said earlier, you know, the, the great thing about podcasting is while there's more competition than ever, it's still in most cases for most podcasters, we don't really see it I shouldn't say most podcasters. Most podcasters I know, I'll say it that way, don't really view the other podcasters as competition. It's a word I've all been using called coopetition for the longest time, and I think that's really what's uh, what's kept us going. You know, we we share ideas, uh, and we're easily we like collaborating with one another because we don't really see it as competition, which is weird. We should see this competition because every time Edison Research puts out their a report we see that people only listen to five, six, seven podcasts at a time. We don't have an opportunity to listen to a whole lot of things, so we probably should be a little more competitive. Um, um, but we're not. Um, yeah. So, but I don't want to hog up all the space. I want I want other speakers to come on. So, Ariel, why don't you jump in? Something that I am excited about in the podcast space, always and even this week is finding new ways to reach new audiences. It is something that I wake up and I think about. It's something that I go to sleep and I think about, and I try to advise other people on it. And it's all about thinking outside of the box and sharing best practices. And I truly believe that there should be no gatekeeping in this area because we are all up against the giants that have tons and tons of money to play around with. So my thought is if you find something that works and it's something that could work for somebody else, please, please, please share. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what really excites me lately and always. It's uh it's funny, the cooperation thing. And I'd love to hear James, um, your thoughts too, because the, what's interesting is the, the industry has gotten so fiery over the last little bit. And maybe it's just that everybody has gotten so fiery over a little bit over the last little bit, but it seems like people are really, um, they're getting excited. They're, they're taking stands. And so James, what, uh, what's been on your mind, what's been working for you or, or what have you been thinking about right now in terms of what's working or growing your show? I think it's a really interesting era, a really interesting time in podcasting at the moment. We've been through a period for quite a long time where I think it's been treated a bit like a second rate citizen, uh, in terms of production and people have seen that low barrier to entry, but this, you know, 99% of the industry being hobbyists and not getting a lot of traction, that that sort of story is starting to spread. And so now you're seeing people take it, take it more seriously. And people are finally starting to realize that podcasting is uh, much more akin to YouTube and being a, 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 you know, a content creator than it is radio and the easiest, the easy, obvious assumptions. And, you know, audience monetization and audience engagement has never been easier. It's never been more accessible. So it's really exciting that people are starting to see that you don't need to rely on a CPA or a, uh, you know, an antiquated ad exchange in order to, to build an audience and engage with people and get some return and become a, you know, a successful creator. And there are other ways of doing it. And I think that that's a message that's starting to ramp up in, uh, momentum and that's really opening up opportunities for all kinds of uh, I hate the word but independent you know indie creators as that I hate that term but you know what I mean <laughs> yeah it's uh, I think we've had a whole conversation on it um, I want to thank anybody who's made it thus far on the recordings you guys are, are amazing and, and we are of the same people if there are any listeners that want to hop in um, we are going to I'd love to just take some questions or just people can, can get in the, the wisdom seat or the hot seat and, and just, you know, we can ask for feedback on your show or recent episodes. I mean, you have some, some really some podcasting legends here and I want to give the floor to you guys to talk about what is, is most important for you. And I think that that's what's, what's most helpful here. Um, but uh, so I'll give you some guys time if you guys want to request any um, to come in and be a speaker. I want to throw the, the question back to, to Evo or Ariel and it looks like Jeremy just hopped in. So let me, let me bring you on here. Um, what what should 
podcasters be focusing on right now? Because I think that one challenge that we have as a as a host, as an independent, is there's so many different rabbits running around right now that someone could be chasing. They could be chasing ads. They could be chasing, you know, we, you know, newsletters. Obviously, something that we talked about. You could be chasing guest spots or. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of different places that I think it's overwhelming. So I'd love for you, you know, when someone asks you guys, where do I start? How do I start? What do I get started with? Or what what should I be doing to to grow my show today? Because I've also found that what worked two years ago and the advice that I was giving two years ago is not the same advice that I'm giving, nor is it the same things that I'm, we're focusing on with our shows today. And so maybe um, I'd love for the, the speakers to to speak a little bit to to that and, and what is working right now. I never give the same piece of advice to to more than one person. Um, if your show, it, it really has so many different factors depend on the advice that I'm going to give you. So if you're a person who has a following already, then I'm going to advise you in a different way than I would advise somebody who has a really great idea but no following. Um, so it really, it depends. And I shy away from blanket advice. Um, I will say that when I start working with clients, no matter who they are, the first thing that I say is we're going to make a spreadsheet and that spreadsheet is going to have 50 to 75 podcasts on it that are similar to your show in keywords and in potential audience overlap. And then I'm going to go about finding contact information for them and then thinking about how I want to collaborate with those shows. It could be promo swaps. It could be guest swaps. It could be any number of ways of collaborating. And basically what I'm banking on is that yes, in-app placement is awesome. Yes, newsletter placement is awesome. But ultimately what I think moves the needle gradually and for the long run is sustained partnerships with other shows that are similar. Yeah, it's huge. Um, I think that something I've been turned on recently too is the idea that I think can really revolutionize the the industry is is podcast, you know, is, is promotion swaps really, you know, that the people are paying so much for these. And I think that the, the band of, you know, the 80% of, of shows that, would would not necessarily attract the typical sponsors. Um, those people can really benefit from banding together and, and doing swaps with each other. Uh, Jeremy, you hopped on. I'd love one thing that I asked Evo and Ariel at the beginning was just what what they're excited about, what they're thinking about uh, with regards to you know maybe it's the industry or growing a show. Um, really, with just what's been what's been on your mind. I know you've got a, a whole business helping people you know, grow through podcasts so it can be there or anything that, you know, you're, you're just seeing with your own business, you know, with your own show, excuse me. Yeah. Um, and, and sorry, I, I'm a little bit late. I was trying to like do this on my laptop and apparently you have to do it on your phone. So, uh, I figured, I figured it out, man. It's this technology thing. Um, honestly, like one of the things I've been trying to do is find more ways to engage with listeners. Um, cause I think honestly, like you want to find out what they want to hear about, how they want to talk about it. So I've been We've started doing more um, like live streams that aren't part of the podcast to try and engage with them there, figure out the topics they want to talk about, how they want to talk about them. Because the, the thing I'm like at least seeing with a lot of hosts I'm talking to is like, you know, there are a lot more shows out there. There is um, like a bigger space. So I think honestly, it's the ones that are going to make it feel like it's a, a more inclusive space for the ones listening to it, I think, are the ones that are going to do well. It's, you know, kind of doing those things that that won't scale. You know what I mean? Yeah, it really, I think, and that's, that's the challenge and the opportunity that I think podcasts really have. And so many shows are siloed that, and even on on the platforms, they're, they're kind of siloed in regards to, um, from their listeners and also from other hosts when it's things like, hopefully what we're trying to create with these happy hours where you can just come connect, find other hosts, because that's where that's where I think you get the most bang for your buck. And oftentimes those collaborations don't cost anything. They're, they're really, you know, cooperations or what Evo has kind of said about cooperation. So, um, can I just add something else to that Hector too? Cause like, cause like the, the thing about it as well. And like, I don't know, I'm just going from my own listening habits and like people I'm friends with and how they listen. Like, 
I think we're always looking for a better advertising strategy or a better whatever it may be. But like, if you think about like discoverability and how like you find the podcast you listen to, it's either on a show you listen to, you hear about another show or you hear about it from a friend or whatever it may be. And like, those are things that don't scale, but they do have an ability to snowball. You know what I mean? So like, that's just the thing to think about. I think, I think the thing I've been talking to people about recently is really simple and kind of even more macro than that, which is like so many people that I speak to have never even as much as made a plan, like, you know, from a production company perspective, when we did that, we used to have to start with essentially a business plan for a show that, you know, what are we trying to achieve? How do we know when we've got there? What's a profit and loss look like? Why do we exist? Why is the host the relevant to be hosting this show rather than someone else all these kinds of things and as part of that there's like that kind of self-awareness of what you're trying to achieve and some kind of like milestone or gauge of like where you're trying to go like I run a business and I have you know some loosely defined exit strategies but most people in podcasting have just started with no idea of where they're trying to get to and so that can be a really good grounding which instantly gives you anchors and direction for stuff like you know, marketing and growth. And, you know, the promo swap thing is really interesting, but you might soon discover that what you actually want to do is get into all your neighboring communities rather than, you know, if you've got a golf podcast, don't go after all the other golf like shows to to host on because to, to guest on because potentially those people already know you or they're aware of you. Maybe go after, you know, neighboring audiences. Is it uh, something similar? that would actually be more effective for you and you can tend to find a lot of that information out by doing doing a you know some why are you involved in this work yeah um i want to jump in on a few points that have been brought up um i will raise my hand next time because it seems like that's what other folks are doing (laughs) um yes when, when i described a few minutes ago that the first thing that i do when i work with clients is we build a spreadsheet the way that we go about building that spreadsheet And the reason we do it, first, let me get to the reason. The reason is because your podcast is unique because you are the person who creates it. However, there are probably a lot of other people who create podcasts similar to yours. It's just the nature of the beast. There are however many millions of podcasts. And that is okay because yours is unique and you're going to find people who like your voice because it's you. Um, and so I really like a tool called Refonic in order to build lists. It's refonic.com slash graph. Surprisingly, I am not paid by them. I genuinely just love them very, very much. And when I'm building lists, I go to refonic.com slash graph and I type in the podcast that I am helping. And what Refonic does is it creates this web of podcasts that are similar to yours in terms of keywords and in terms of all sorts of audience demographics and my puppy is barking. And then I figure out how to get in contact with them by going to listennotes.com and extracting the email address from the RSS feed associated with that podcast. And what I'm not doing is directly going to golf podcasts because I'm a golf podcast, but I am going to sports podcasts. I am going to podcasts about the outdoors. I am going to podcasts about like, I don't know, business because sometimes golf people overlap with business people and making connections based on that and really not being afraid to go outside of the box and also test things out that might work one week, might not work the next week. And then if they do work, then you double down on that. And if they don't work, you go in a different direction. So I really think it's all about experimenting. And that's why if you are in it for the long game, you are in much better shape because you don't, because you can make mistakes and then try something else, go in a different direction. Guys, I have to apologize. I had no idea that I had my hand up. Can you imagine if we were actually like in a real room and I was just standing there with my hand raised unknowingly, making, making, I was the coolest guy in the room, man. That you have to raise your hand like we are in some sixth grade classroom. I'm so sorry, Ariel, but no, you do not have to raise your hand. Please tell me to stop talking. Can I? Can started. I? Can I add something, Hector? Um, yeah. Because um, uh, one thing that James said that I, that I don't know if this is where he was going with it, but this is the thing that got me thinking, and it's something I see a lot is like, like it, like the idea of like professionalism, right? Like it doesn't mean that like we're out here and we're you know, building a professional network, whatever it may be, you know, some of us may be, but like, like approaching it as a professional. And that means like, you know, running a content calendar and kind of knowing like what you're going to talk about from week to week to week. I feel like there's, you know, too many people that often produce an episode, just throw the episode out and then just like, 
you know, kind of don't know why, you know, they haven't really gotten traction, but it allows, allows you to talk about things you've recorded already, or it allows you to kind of bring people into that ecosystem. But like just having some predictability on what you're going to be putting out, I think is, is really, really important. We've run a, a spreadsheet for like seven years of like all the episodes we have coming out and, you know, so we can think about a month, a month out front. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to say about uh, before was um, I'll often make TikToks and tweets and all these things about how like you should not start a podcast just to chat with your buddies. And truthfully, like you can do that. You can do whatever the hell you want. It doesn't matter. It's just that if you do a podcast to chat with your buddies, you should not expect it to blow up because that doesn't really happen anymore. That might have happened. 10, 15 years ago, but it's hard for that to happen nowadays because a lot of people are making podcasts just like that. But if your goal is not to have it blow up, it's to just have fun with your friends, that's fine, you know? But I am a big fan of having a plan and have breaking your content into seasons. And, you know, that gives you a chance at the end of your first season to say, okay, here's what worked, here's what didn't work. And here's what our audience likes. Let's double down on what our audience likes and shy away from the things that they did not really identify with. I absolutely love that too. Cause I know like for us, like something we'll do as well as we'll do like short running series, like within the show, like, you know, different topics we're discussing so we can get like, you know, differing viewpoints on it and stuff like that. And it allows people to say, okay, I can see this side or I can see that side of it, whatever it may be. Like it really allows people to get involved in what you're doing. And then they want to come back for the next segment of that. Like you always have to be thinking with listening habits. I, I want to play devil's advocate here and I'd love to get uh, anybody's opinion. And once again, guys, if you guys have a show, and thank you guys for, for being here, and once again, if you made it on the recording, you, you are, are a blessing to have uh, made it thus far. But if you guys want to hop on and ask uh, anybody, uh, any of the hosts a question, or just going to get feedback on your show or some directions that you can go, just request to, to come on up and we'll do that. But one thing that I've, I've found, and James had touched on it a little bit, is this distinction between an indie podcaster and maybe what Jeremy is calling a professional podcaster. And I'm wondering, and this, I'm playing a devil's advocate here because I, I don't I think my... that's necessarily the distinction though. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I'm just saying like, just being organized and just saying like, Hey, I'm going to do a good job. That's about it. <laughs> so, so my, my question then is Ariel, can you give, how does someone who, t uh, what's the distinction and, and just how do you see the difference? Because I think that that's something that maybe an, an excuse that people make, or, or they say that they're figuring, you know, how does someone make that transition or still be independent or, or hold their identity without selling out or whatever it is? Like, how do you, how do you approach it um, when it regards with regards to production and having a schedule and stuff like that? Well, I think there's independent podcaster. Um, it, it, I think the term often gets conflated with like not spending a lot of time on the podcast at, or like it's a hobby. And then the technical definition is literally just not being associated with a network or with monetary backing from some sort of larger organization. It's like, which definition are we going by? Is it the, the sentimental definition of like how we feel about independent podcaster and how they're often presented on social media or wherever? Or are we going by like the technical definition that also applies to film in a lot of ways? So I don't know. It's, it's take that as you as you may, I'd love to hear from Evo on this. All right. You asked for it, um, but I'll do it. So uh, here's a, a, a big gotcha moment, aha moment. I think everybody should understand um, the people who care about independent versus professional podcasters are in this room and that's it. The audience doesn't care. The people yep. who listen to a podcast do not give two shits whether the show is done by an indie or done by a professional. They just want it to sound good. They just want it to resonate with them. They want it to be what they're looking for. And you can do that as an independent. You can do that as a part of a network. You can be serious about it. It's this, it's this false dichotomy that we have. And, and they're also, to go with what, what I was mentioning a moment ago, there's this assumption that if you're an indie, that means you're not serious about it and you don't want a really big show. And I don't know that that's true. But it also doesn't necessarily mean that if you are serious about your podcast, that you also have to have a big show. You don't. There are plenty of people who are very serious about their podcast who do an incredibly niche show that a few hundred people listen to, and it's quite successful for them. 
and they don't need to grow it to tens of thousands of people. They probably never will grow to tens of thousands of people. And that is all okay. Gro growth is not the ultimate goal for most podcasters, even most serious podcasters. I know we're here to talk about growth and I'm happy to talk about growth, but I just want to make a make that statement that growth is not the only measure of success of a podcast. I, I agree with that, Evo, because like at the, at the same time, like when I'm coming from the viewpoint of professionalism, I just mean like, you know, doing something that looks good, sounds good, is easily consumable. And like, you know, it makes people feel like, hey, like, you know, I have trust in the products that's, be, that's being created here. So like, you know, it's it's just, you know, it shows you're not flying by the seat of your pants, I guess, is the, is the viewpoint I was coming from. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry, Errol. Go ahead. I don't want to I don't want to take time away from you. You go oh, say no, good no, things. No. No, you say good things. <laughs> All right, fine. I will. I will. I, I will say good things. Yeah. And to me, being a professional, <clears throat> and recognizing that it's now checks calendar twenty twenty two. Holy shit! How did that happen? Um, you know the same. The things that we were doing seventeen years ago in podcasting aren't necessarily things that are working today. Not just for growth, but for all things. And I, I don't think I'll, I think a lot of people who've been in this space for a long time, like me, forget the fact that the the ball has moved. You know, the, the targets move, or pick your metaphor, things are actually changed. We can do a lot more now, and people are expecting more now. You know, we can do things like create good human-corrected transcripts for all of our episodes. We can do that now. In fact, we should be doing that now. The entire industry is about to have a reckoning <laughs> that we're going to have to recognize the fact that, oh, you know, for uh, at least in America with the ADA, and I know that Europe also has some rules around this as well, if you're producing content, you have to make it accessible. And we're not doing that. So I think a lot of that has to do, I think a lot of growth, a lot of the attention is going to come on to podcasters who are being more complete in their publishing process, not just slamming something out in 30 minutes, but actually taking the time to do all the other things right, not, not just get your audio right, not just get your social media done right, but actually make sure that you're publishing things and packaging them in such a way to where it is complete and done professionally. Well, and God bless it too, man, for you people that have been around a long time. Like, it's so easy now that you can just like buy an interface and stuff like that. Like, uh, yeah, I, so yeah, God bless you, man. <laughs> I just want to say that also big podcasts can also be independent. I think people forget that. Like there are a lot of podcasts that get hundreds of thousands of downloads that are technically independent and they will have the resources to, you know, like what Eva was saying, to transcribe, to create beautiful cover art for each episode, to do all the things that make it seem like they're a larger production, but they're still independent. And I think, I don't know, I just think we need to stop conflating indie with um, doesn't put as much work into what, where has the needle or where, and James, I'd love for you to jump in and see what, because I think I know that you have some thoughts on this, but where has the, uh, excuse me, where has the ball or the puck gone? Because I think that like in a lot of industries, specifically with media, specifically with the creator industry, where there's no real gatekeeper and everybody can come in, the expectations move quickly. I think we saw this in live streaming in on YouTube, you know, the, the level and the quality of product that was became expected on YouTube uh, gradually or, or quickly. I mean, someone can, can argue either way or maybe have a better definition, but, but it improved over time to where, you know, eventually you couldn't, you couldn't just have two talking heads on YouTube. Um, and that wasn't going to stand out. I think the same thing has happened with podcasting in the sense that, you know, qual audio quality is becoming an, a better, an, an increasing importance. Um, you know, structure and sound effects and all these things that are, are starting to show up on more and more shows. So James, I want to throw it to you. What are you, what are you thinking is like the, the new set of standards for let's, let's call it this professional, you know, podcaster um, who, whether they're <laughs> focusing on growth or not, like what, 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 what do they need to have dialed in? You see, this is such a great question and I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit to what the other guys were saying like Eva was saying about growth and you know th the most important thing that has come up from everyone so far is like whatever you want to do is right for you and that's one of the things you've got to start with like growth you know I know some people who make a show and the most important thing to them is they get to meet people and they enjoy the conversations they learn and they grow as a person and that's growth to them and that's fantastic it's not just download numbers and it's exactly the same as you were saying about the size of an independent show like there are too many things to get 
to get tied to and so many, you know, potential excuses you can hide behind. And, you know, like if, if you really want to grow a show and build a community, for example, then you've got to get out there and do some hard marketing that, you know, the hard yards of, of building relationships, engaging with people, if that's what's important to you. And that's going to be potentially more important than audio quality. Like, you know, I listen to the podcast. I consume a complete trash, right? Like, I I'm an, listen to every episode of Impulsive by Logan Paul. It's not edited. It's hours long. They ramble. They talk. It's any old quality. I listen to every Gary V episode. He's chewing. He's eating. The is dreadful quality, but it doesn't matter because these people have built engaged communities, and you go to them and you listen to them, and and that's what's important to their shows. So you know what recording software you use and what you do in post and i totally agree with what um was said earlier like no one wants to hear your whole conversation they want to hear on the whole the listener wants to hear a highlight reel of your conversation you've got to put in every situation you've got to put you know what you're trying to achieve alongside what the what the audience wants like whoever you want to be listening to this what do they what do they want put their needs first and then build it out from there and that will give you your answers there is no one blanket answer to this question for me audio quality like record it on an iphone don't whatever mic you want it doesn't it doesn't make any difference like if you're making great if you're telling great stories but that's just the angle i come from other people have different opinions so without avoiding the question it's tricky <laughs> well similar to similar what james said right there um yeah, I'd, I'd put one caveat, you know, make sure your audience, make sure your audio isn't painful to listen to. That's always a good idea. But still, you know, you, there's yeah. a minimum level of quality and yeah, we can get past it, right? I know there was no advocation for that. But I, I think the thing, you asked the question, Hector, but where, where's the puck moving to and what are we going to do? I think the audience now, look, no one's, no one is, is no one's going to run out of podcasts to listen to ever. Four million depending on how those numbers you get. That's podcast index number, right? We're, we're never going to run out of podcasts. Listen. Even if there were only 100,000, we'd still never run out of podcasts to listen to. So there's plenty. So people are, listeners are spoiled for choice. So I think the word it is now is what people are looking for is have an opinion. Have a fucking point you're trying to drive to. If you just get on and ramble, I mean, trust me, that worked 17 years ago. It's not going to work anymore. There are now professional ramblers that are out there and you're trying to compete with other ramblers. I see people every day posting stuff on Reddit specifically that says, hey, how do I get my show to grow a little more? It's just me and my buddies. We talk about whatever we pull out of our ass that day. That's not going to grow. You don't. Have an you opinion. don't get it to grow. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, right. You, know, you don't. And that's and maybe that's okay. If you just want to talk out of your asshole for a time, then do that. But don't expect people to actually tune in and listen to it. Or don't expect a lot of people to tune in and listen to it. Well, Evo, I think people are like starving for community too, because it's like who can build a better community? Like I've listened to um like I was a super fan of a podcast before I even started a podcast. I've listened to Adam Curry's podcast, No Agenda, since like I think two thousand seven. So like and they've really worked on, you know, building meetups and doing all these different things around the show. And, and I think like there's there's just so many podcasts out there now. It's whoever can build a better community around their podcast. I'd, I'd love to see if other people have a, a similar viewpoint. You see, Hector, there's a real tricky thing that's going on, right? Lots of people come to podcasting and I don't want to give it a bad rep like, it, you know, it's what I do for a living. But, uh, you know, lots of people come to podcasting and think, think it's easy. But you see, on, say, a platform like YouTube, there's way more uh, demand and there is supply. Yeah, there's 400 hours uploaded every minute, but there's people just sitting there waiting to consume content all the time and an algorithm that serves it. Whereas in podcasting, there's way more supply than there ever is demand. There aren't people sitting there looking for a podcast. And so in many ways, it's actually a really tricky medium because you've got to do, you haven't got this tool working for you in the way you have in other content mediums. And that's without getting into any details of like, you know, YouTube also helps you build community and for example you use it as an example or TikTok like whatever in community and in its comments and uh it's got like monetization that's much easier and much lower you know level of entry so podcasting is awesome in some ways but it's got to be the right medium for you and it's also got to be the right medium for your you know your potential listener do these do does your potential listener actually listen to podcasts I've just recently made a show about a duchess in the UK and uh, we go around the stately homes of Britain and it's amazing, but its target audience 
it's lots of them are just discovering podcasts for the first time. So it's been tricky because you've got to get over that hurdle first. You know, it wasn't necessarily the best medium to pick for that target audience. So, you know, there are lots of lots of tricky things happening right now. I want to talk a little bit about community because I think it is definitely a buzzword right now. People love community. I am the community manager at Squadcast. I was hired to quote unquote build community, which when I started, I thought was just an extension of marketing. Um, turns out it's a real job that, um, you know, people have been building community for millennia and um, that's great. And I, I, in the technology space, it's a little bit different because we were ultimately trying to get people to love our product, to love our podcast, to love our book, whatever it is, to love us so much that they want to evangelize it when they are not consuming it so that people, more people will find us. That's at least how I go about it for Squadcast, which is a remote recording platform if you're not familiar with it. And the way I do that is through marketing initiatives like a newsletter where I highlight community members. Um, through asking people for pre-roll ads for their podcast that we then run on our podcast, things like that. I think what people need to be careful of is, you know, they hear, they hear that community is a buzzword. They hear that they should build a community around their podcast, but not every community and not every product, not every podcast, not every book needs a community. And maybe, maybe every person needs to belong to multiple communities but there are so many different places that we are spending time on in the internet lately. We can't possibly belong to all those communities. That's why a few weeks ago I tweeted something like, if you see somebody doing something similar to you and they're doing it better than you or they're doing it at the same level as you, think about how you could collaborate rather than compete because we are already splitting our time between so many different communities on the internet. So let's figure out how to come together. And I think to add to that point and to uh, echo what I think Evo said earlier on, one of the things like uh, you see a lot and I guess lots of people go to the interview, to the guest format of show, when they, especially when they first start out in podcasting. And if you don't make yourself a personality in your show, if you do not understand who you are as a host, the role that you play, why you're there, the journey of your character as a host through the podcast, through multiple episodes, and have a narrative that ties those episodes together ongoing, you're making your life so hard. You're essentially just having one night stands with your listeners. Netflix series carry you through episodes. Everyone has had that experience of feeling tired in the middle of an episode and wanting to go to bed. And then two minutes before the end, they want to suddenly watch the next episode. People don't do that in podcasting. You're making your life so difficult. If you pin your show around guests, they just come and go. They're not a stakeholder in your podcast. The only stakeholders in your podcast are you as a host or hosts, your listeners, and potentially any partners or you know collaborators, strategic partners that you have. But guests are not a stakeholder. They come and go. If you don't build yourself as a character, you've got no chance of developing this community that, in my experience, most people are using a podcast to try and create. I'm glad you rang that bell, James. I've, I've said many times to people that if the most impressive thing about your episode is the guest that you manage to book, you probably have a pretty boring podcast. Uh, it's just relying too much. You're not. There's no. There's no real reason. There's reason to be there. And to and to piggyback on what Ariel was talking about with community being the buzzword, it is the it is the buzzword. But remember, community is something that you have to build. Communities exist all around you. Try joining some. Try joining the, the communities that already exist about your that are related to your topic, that are in the community in which you live. There's all these communities that you can actually become a part of rather than trying to create your own. Because you know, I remember not that long ago, although it might have been long ago because time's been wonky for the last 20 months or so, um, the big hot thing to do is your podcast should have its own app. Anybody else remember that? We're all going to make our own Oh, my apps. God. No, that seems imagine? like way too much work. <laughs> No kidding. It's way too much work. And also nobody wants that. Nobody wants to download a specific app for a specific podcast. No, not even the five podcasts they listen to. It's very rare to do that. We've kind of gone away from that train because now we recognize that it's a different world that we live in. So such is life. 
And I know a lot of people complain about like the Apple podcast app. Um, but like, I've st still been the only app I've ever used for podcasts for like many years. Like people just like what they have a habit of, you know, one yeah, of the most already, sorry, go ahead. Jim. No, no, you go, you go, you go. I was just going to quick comment. There's already so many apps and so many people coming out and saying they're going to build the next best app. So I don't know. I think you're right. People, a, a certain segment of the population is willing to change based on a tiny discomfort that they've had. But for the most part, we are pretty comfortable with what we've been comfortable with. And just tracking back to um, community, I think for all the people listening in this room, uh, as I've worked in podcasting for about three years now, and it's only been, I'd say, in the last six or nine months that the creator economy within podcasting has really started to find its feet. And there are uh, the co-hosts and uh, hosts of this show are definitely leading the way in building a community of people focused around creators. There's a lot of uh, chatter in podcasting for the listening community and the industry per se. So like the, which is especially down the monetization side, which is fairly dry for most creators, especially as, you know, the majority of podcasters do it as hobbyists. But, you know, speaking about community from the industry or the, the space that we're in, it's amazing to see uh, some voices from the creator perspective really coming together and putting on things like this Twitter space. So, you know, I, for one, am super grateful that that's starting to find its feet. James, and I wanted to add to one thing you said a couple of minutes ago, too, because like you were talking about like, you know, like people coming for you as a personality and things like that. And then whether you whether you do an interview show or not, like, you know, how important that is. And I think one of the things that is difficult i feel like there's too many people that are making the same podcast you know what i mean like they're asking the same questions they're doing the same flow they're they're doing whatever and i think you have to figure out you know how your unique voice does it you know whether it's a monologue whether it's an interview whatever it is but like to me if you're not going to make something unique and a little bit different there's kind of no reason to do it i mean guess that is true and by its nature but by its nature every podcast is unique like if you show up then you're going to have your own spin on it. But I think the best way to do it is to literally sit down with a piece of paper and write down who you are. Like imagine your role as a host, as a character of a show and what, you know, what do you like? What do you not like? What are your, who are your pagans? Who or what are what phrases that you use all the time? What's your tone of voice? Like, and then you can start to get really deep and like, does your visual identity. So does like the visual artwork, your cover art, does that, match to your uh style your tone and all these kind of things will be what makes you likable like i have a really bad first impression i know it i have a certain style and super direct i rub people up the wrong way but i've learned to use that to my advantage and become memorable and it kind of works right that's like my thing i swear quite a lot if it's my own territory because that's another thing that i kind of do naturally and that makes me memorable memorable but it's kind of a character i use to build you know i hate the word personal brand but personal brand and if you've got a podcast it's a really good technique so that you don't become forgettable like every other show yeah <clears throat> yes this is this is such a, a fantastic conversation i want to thank um all you guys i, I want to welcome up uh dj scoo before i do that if there's anybody else who has and wants to ask a specific question to james ariel Jeremy, Evo, or, or, or even me, um, go ahead and hit the, uh, the request button and I'll bring you up. I would be a bad marketer and a bad, uh, just a bad marketer if I didn't make an ask right now. Uh, one thing I like, mentioned at the beginning is I have been spinning my head around about the power of podcast ad promotions, swaps, basically. Um, some people have done it. It came up on my show, but I put together like a short Google form. Um, it take like three minutes if you guys got any value out of this or you are interested in well, basically what we're going to do is we're going to connect. Uh, we're going to kind of do some research and surveys. And if you guys have we find other people in your niche, we're going to connect you guys and, you know, let you guys maybe do a promo swap. So if you guys are interested in that, I'll throw the um, survey into the announcements there. Let but, me also uh, um, add on to that, Hector. Yes. Lauren Passell has a newsletter called Podcast Marketing Magic which is podcastmarketingmagic.substack.com. And every week she also, she has an intake form for cross promos and for any sort of promo. So you should combine on that in the spirit of collaboration. 
Do we, um, can you just say it again, both for the recording? Yeah, and, and I'll try to find I'll try to find a um, a tweet that I can pin to the top, but it's podcastmarketingmagic.substack.com. Sweet, um, DJ Scoob, you. Uh, it's great to see you. Do you have a question, thoughts on, on what we're talking about? Yeah, just some real quick thoughts about kind of differentiating yourself from everybody else. Really, what you need to do is what I think we need to do is figure out what your superpower is, what makes you different than everybody else. For example, me, I'm DJ Scoob because I could do the Scooby-Doo voice and go, <laughs> and everybody knows who I am. And that's what my superpower is. I kind of differentiate myself from everything else. So hey, when hey, we're DJ, thinking can about... I, can, can I just mention that's the one my wife makes fun of me for and won't let me do in public? Because I go, Scooby-Doo, Scooby Doo. Well, that's not too bad. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're all dogs around here. That's right. Anyway, but I mean, really figure out what your superpower is and what you have to bring to the table that makes you different from everybody else is what's going to differentiate you from in a really saturated podcast market. Um, so really something to think about when you're trying to talk about, you know, going into a market and keeping yourself different from everybody else. Hey, Ariel, one thing I've, I've um, really enjoyed your perspective and gained a lot of and I thought a lot about is uh, your what you shared about when it comes to there not being too many podcasts. And I think that that is such a, a, a big fear. And, you know, when I think it comes alongside when Jeremy might say something like, you know, there's so many shows out there doing the same thing. I, I think both that is true. But then I also think what Ariel has kind of, um, you know, brought to my attention is that the there's no there's no shortage of uh, sub niches when it comes to books. You know, people are writing books about crazy topics, and people are reading books about the most obscure topics that you can you know imagine. Ariel, can you share a little bit about that, and maybe um, you know, along with how that that paired with the need to stand out or the need to be unique or the need to be authentic or true. I just, I would love for you to share those thoughts with anybody who hasn't heard them. Yeah. Um, Eric Jones writes a newsletter called hurt your brain. He is definitely worth a follow. Um, he recently put out a graphic that depicted how many books there are in the world estimated, how many podcasts there are in the world, how many YouTube channels there are in the world. Um, there's a lot of everything and that's okay because there's a lot of people who want to consume a lot of different things. And the more niche we can get, the better it is for advertisers, the better it is for money in the space, the better it is to get creators paid. Um, obviously pay is not the only thing to be thinking about, but it is definitely something to be thinking about. Um, I think, yes, you should try to stand out and be unique, but if you have an idea and it's close to an idea that already exists, that's okay. I was just talking to somebody this week who has a pot, who has an idea for a podcast. They've recorded 18 episodes, haven't made it into a thing yet, haven't done a lick of editing yet. But the idea is, um, it's about the future of work. And it's two people who are elder millennials who quit their jobs because they weren't happy in the rat race and they want to do something that more, more better suits them, something that better suits them. And um, they're, they're discovering that and they're having these conversations. And I'll tell you something, that immediately did not stand out to me. I was like, no matter how dynamic you are, that's still, it's still a topic that like I've heard of before. I've heard elements of before. So I advise them to at least add something within their, within each episode that makes it stand out a little bit. Maybe it's a game. Maybe every episode, maybe in the first episode, they talk about, they talk about toxic workplaces and what they're going to do to make their show stand out is that at the end of that episode, they're going to play a game where one of them describes a toxic workplace from throughout pop culture and the other one has to guess it. And that adds a little element of fun to their show. And every single episode, they're going to have a game that goes alongside the topic. And while they're talking about this, these topics that might be, they might've been touched on before. It's not revolutionary for them to be talking about this. That combined with a game that is unique and fun, plus their personalities, will appeal to people. And that is going to make them stand out, even if the topic of the future of work is not the most unique thing in the world. Does that answer your question? Yeah, totally. I think the... James, go ahead. Can I just jump in with one thing on this, on this making yourself stand out thing? So 
this applies for pretty much every podcast, right? In order to grow, you have to find new audiences. That is kind of self-explanatory, right? Like you've got to find new audiences. And the challenge with a new audience, a new listener is two things. Number one, the chances are they have little or no context, which means that you need to explain who you are, why you're presenting this show, why you're relevant, a bit about you in every episode. You can't just do it in episode one because this is not an ideal world where they start at the beginning of your catalog. They could appear in your show anywhere randomly. And then you need to give them context quickly. And then the second thing is that they're looking for a reason to stop listening. Unfortunately, that's what we all do. You press, you know, you, you go, you look for new shows, but you're skeptical. You're looking for a reason to get to, to just go back to that comfort blanket of the four shows you always listen to. So to Ariel's point, it's the perfect example of like, you've got to have something that grabs people's attention that's a bit more interesting that's why and i always use youtube as a reference but that's why they put hook clips at the beginning that's why they the most successful youtubers share a piece if not too much of themselves to hook people in and that really helps you get past the lack of context and stops overcomes that reason not to listen like if you aren't if you've got an episode and it's you're not delivering in the first two minutes on something to do with what you put in the title of your episode assuming that you haven't just put episode 34 john smith totally different topic naming episodes but um like you've got to deliver on it and then that will help bring your personality through and make you stand out can well, I, I add something like, to that? Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. No, I was just going to say we add clips at the beginning, too, for like uh, we have like a 30 second clip at the beginning. That's like a impactful thing to like really hook somebody. But go, but go ahead, Ariel. I was going to add that somebody DM'd me on Twitter this week saying, would you please listen to my show and give me feedback? And that pisses me off, first of all, but that's another story. Um, feedback costs money. However, I don't know how to say no, so I listened and I gave feedback, <laughs> even though it pissed me off. And it was easy because the episode was only six minutes. And my feedback was this, in six minutes of a podcast that is about diet and diet culture, this person never told me their name, never told me the name of the podcast, and never told me their qualifications to be talking about this very sensitive issue. So on that topic, just make sure people know who you are and why you are fit to be giving the advice that you're giving, if it is that you're giving advice. <laughs> Fantastic advice. I wanted to uh, welcome up. We've got maybe nine more minutes here. And uh, so if there's anybody else who wanted to jump in or ask a question, um, we got a few minutes to do that. But Jake, um, I wanted to welcome you and see what you have to, to add. Oh my God, love this, all of this stuff. So good. <laughs> Um, you know, work from home, doing podcast stuff. You can feel alone, <laughs> like you're in your room by yourself. Um, cause you literally are. Jake, um, I think we're all, we might all be in our rooms by ourselves right now. Damn son. Don't, don't <laughs> ruin this for me, Hector. Um, uh, no, but I'm barricaded in my office, hoping my three-year-old doesn't run in here. But anyway. <laughs> I know like, I'm downstairs trying to keep my kids off. I was like watching Kanto, um, here, I wanted to say something about consistency. You people are saying something really interesting, and I think it's format. We're hitting around these words. Format, consistent format, one and two. I think what, what Ariel was saying, and maybe Hector was knocking on, was this idea is, is I think everybody wants to be unique, and you want to niche, and you want to be distinct. But I don't – I think people want to know – why they think you're familiar. So my whole thing is like, do something different with cliche and be okay with being in a category. And I think what, you, what everyone's saying is like, here's my, here's my format. Here's my industry. Here's my person. Here's why I'm, you know, boom, bam, like in here and do that consistently. Like Jane was saying, you know, every, you know, hundred episodes or, you know, make sure people understand who you are and what you are. But I think there's something about being okay with um, cliche and doing something different with it because people react to formats that they respond to. And so I think you guys are knocking around this idea of um, being unique, but forgetting the idea of Scooby-Doo, you're nothing without Scooby-Doo. 
You know, you have nothing without a reference point. So you have to be okay with referencing things and don't think that you're sparking off into this new unknown territory like y'all ain't never heard this podcast before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have. It's okay to be, uh, uh, you know, do cliche. Like I'm a jazz musician. I love jazz, but I know covers is what gets people on the floor dancing. That sounds like Michael Jackson. Oh, word. So I just wanted to say that's my point on that. And, and I love all of you people. You're wonderful. And God bless us for doing podcasts because my podcasts are weird as fuck. Uh, I mean, I, if you, I, I said F. Um, but I appreciate you guys. And this is a really wonderful topic. I'd, I'd love to hear your guys this, uh, and I love that you're dead as well. I'd love to hear you guys' responses um, to what uh, to what James said there. Scooby Dooby Doo. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. That's, uh, that's right. <laughs> Rinky Fraggy. <laughs> I, I refuse for this to devolve into a impersonations because I, I can imagine how weird that can get. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to I'm going to take this quick moment here for um, to encourage all of you guys to go and and follow everybody. Um, Evo it has the podcast pontification show. Um, it's a uh, it's I believe it's it comes out in in writing and also in in audio. But you can go and listen to that. Ari has a couple of shows. I'll, I'll let her share. Ari, can you share? Um, you've got a few, so I'd love for you to drop which ones are are most uh, exciting sure. or relevant for people. Yeah, the big thing is that I run a weekly podcast recommendation newsletter that you can get at earbudspodcastcollective.org. And that comes along with a weekly podcast called Feedback with Earbuds. And each week is curated by a different person. So if you love discovering new shows from different perspectives, it's a really awesome resource that I've been running for five years. We're celebrating five years this month. That's a... That's congratulations on that. That is no, that's like 50 years in podcast years. So, um, Jeremy, where, uh, where's best to connect with you? Uh, probably just right here. I spend way too much time on Twitter. <laughs> I we probably all do. I, uh, I live on Twitter. That's, that's for sure. Um, and you've got a show though. And, uh, yeah, it's called the create your own life show. I interview world-class performers. Go listen to that. There's some great people in there. Um, James, where, where can people connect with you? Uh, I spent three years as a producer of podcasts, and I've spent the last year building a, um, a product that teaches everybody everything I learned during that period, basically at the moment for free because it's still early days, and you can find it at onefineplay.com. One fine play, and you have the, the best accent, obviously, out of all of this. And, oh, uh, thanks. I'm very jealous. And there's also shared on that site, which might be interesting to people. I built over directory of every company ever came across in podcasting since I started. It's sitting there, uh, broken down into categories, free for everyone to use, look at, connect with people. People like my man Evo are in there. Uh, you're all in there. In fact, is Evo's that cross reference with um, the Podscape, or should it be, or is it similar? probably similar it's just it used to be an excel spreadsheet of all the companies i found and now it's slightly more advanced than that very nice You're in there there any, too. is there anywhere else people should go um outside of uh, the show or anywhere else that you want to share with uh, who's here was that me you mentioned that too correct yeah yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't give you that opportunity no, no no worries yeah so as you mentioned podcast pontifications um so my daily show about the Future of podcasting in ways serious podcasters can make podcasting better. Uh, I also have been hosting a, a news show, a news roundup for people who are in the business of podcasting. So if you work for a podcast-related business, uh, you might be interested in a show called The Download. It's from Sounds Profitable, who I've partnered up with on that. Um, so searching for it's a pain in the ass because guess what there's a thousand shows called the download so uh but if you go to soundsprofitable.com slash the download you can get that in a five to ten minute long episode every friday wrapping up the best news stories of the week and i am also the current host of the second season of three clips a castos original where we break down the creative process with uh podcasters by guess what playing three clips of their podcast 
and asking about the decisions and choices that went into each of those. You can find that at threeclipspodcast.com. Wonderful. Guys, thank you. I, I want to thank take the last little bit to thank you guys who are in this um, in this room. You know, this is the first one that we did, and you never know how many people are going to show up. And I, I've ran, thankfully they were on Zoom, so, uh, well, I don't know, it was, it was maybe less awkward on Zoom um, when you're just the only one there. But I'm, I'm so uh, uh, empowered and excited to see people, specifically, po- specifically podcasters who are excited about banding together and, and growing this show. And so I just want to honor you and uh, appreciate you for taking the time to hang out with us because um, it, it's you guys that make this community so strong. And we, we started the happy hour off with a, a cheers to our, our hosts for making it so exciting. But I think it's important to turn it to you guys because there's there's something special about podcasting. You know, we, I've done a lot of work in the influencer space and the YouTuber space and the agency space. And it's very, it's just like a really icky, weird world sometimes. And podcasting, it just, uh, it seems different. And so um, I think it's a a, a tribute to the people who are here. So thank you for that. We're going to try and do these every Friday around this time. So look out for that. Go follow everybody as well. I put a little announcement in there. And then if you guys are interested, um, I, I guess I should share for you. My name is, is Hector Santiastaban. I, I have a podcast marketing agency. I do all of the, the hard and, and kind of boring work that it takes to grow shows. And uh, I've been doing that for the last several years and have a show called Marketing Your Podcast uh, that comes out every week that you guys can find as well. But if you guys um, got any value out of today, one thing I would ask is to take a few minutes and fill out a quick survey so that we can get some insight on podcast promotion um, ad swaps. Uh, we're going to try and connect more hosts so that they can do ads on each other's shows. Once again, thanks guys for hanging out, especially to the moderators who gave their time and their their voices and um, their vocal cords. It, uh, it means a lot to me. I will see you guys later and uh, wishing you guys a happy Friday. Later. Thank, thanks, you. Happy Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.